Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. On this episode, the guys and I do a So You Wanna Collect For, focusing on the Sega Saturn. We're going to get right into the episode, but before we do, the same thing I ask each and every time. If you guys would, if you could, if you wouldn't mind, please just go to wherever you listen to the podcast. Leave us a review or a rating. If you can't or don't have the time to write something out, just click those five stars. That would be awesome. Just helps us get out there and people find us so we don't have to go through any elaborate pranks or stunts or giveaway or any kind of nonsense like that to try and increase our viewership. Anyways, much appreciated, guys. Here we go. Hey, this is Tyler. Something happened to Stefan's audio this episode. He's already been punished severely for it, uh, but we all liked the episode, so we're going to post it anyway. He just sounds like he's calling in from a phone, basically. We didn't want to try to re-record the episode and recapture the magic of discussing it for the first time, so here you go. Back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I am Lowly Collector Tyler. I am here with Complete in Box Set Collector Johnny, who's pretty cool. But more importantly, we've got a special guest today. We've got the one and only world famous YouTuber Stefan Reese, who discovered a WCW prototype on the NES and is now the <laughs> talk. He was he was posted on WWE.com, which I frequent. Uh, Stefan, do you want to tell us what happened? Um, sure, I can I can talk about it at the top of the show if you want. I was going to talk about it at the bottom. I do, but... because I need to do the intro where I called you world famous. Otherwise, it wasn't going to work. People are going to be like, what happened? And then we're going to be like, we're going to talk about Sega Saturn. Yeah, but before we get into that, this is a So You Want to Collect for episode for the Sega Saturn. But Stefan's news was pretty big. So we'll, we're going to throw that here first. Yeah, so, uh, and actually a bunch of people have reached out and asked if we were going to cover it on the bo- podcast. And I said, sure. Uh, so... Essentially, I found a one-of-one prototype of a unreleased, unannounced wrestling game for the NES. It's called UWC, and it seems to have been created in this weird window before the WCW was a thing, but after it was purchased. Uh, so, yeah, it's to our knowledge, it's never been seen before now, uh, but now this is day seven of me having this thing. It's already been dumped. And uh, and you can check it out on YouTube in a bunch of different places. And you know what? Who said the Collector's Quest podcast is not where you come to for retro wrestling game news? This is it, guys. We got the scoop. Yeah, I feel like wrestling is forever going to haunt us now. I don't know why, but whatever whatever you did to wrestling in your past life, Tyler, it is haunting us now. I mean, you're a bigger wrestling fan than me now, so you should probably lead the uh, the next wrestling episode that we do. Well, I mean, I I felt like I had to lead the ra- the last wrestling episode that we did, which is what I think the problem was. Shut up, Johnny. I I was bad. <laughs> I was still new. Um, <laughs> I do think it's funny that all these outlets are referring to me, uh, like Tyler referred to me as uh, YouTuber Stefan Reese, in that I have like four videos on youtube you did put out two this year so that you're very consistent putting out one every (laughs) month or two (laughs) yeah that's right anyways um any any other news you want to throw out you want to talk about any of the press and stuff that has been going on about this game because it's kind of crazy 
Yeah, uh, I didn't really like. I was expecting people to get excited, but not nearly to this end. Uh, you know, some major digital outlets started jumping on it first. Uh, CNET and Nerdist and Kotaku and all of the larger media outlets. But then uh, on Wednesday, ABC Seven, which is a very large Los Angeles-based uh, news organization, uh, is coming over to do a piece on it as well, which is just crazy banana pants this got like a hundred thousand dollar mario coverage in the mainstream press and i was dead serious this was on wwe.com like it's everywhere i've never seen an unreleased i mean because an unreleased game has never got this press probably right no never but do you think that the hundred thousand mario like do you think we're still kind of riding that wave a little bit that that people's antennas are just up for video game news and that's like part of what's going on sure I mean, probably. I'm asking. Let's just like, if you guys have opinions on that. I have no. I don't know how this I mean, works. I I legitimately wasn't expecting this kind of reception. I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's unreleased, but it's like a wrestling game. Like, I don't know. I don't know how many people like people will think it's neat, and that's it. And that's sort of the reception I was th- I was expecting because I put out uh, like the the Arakawa retirement video. Uh, the the week before, and it got you know, and that's something that nobody had ever seen before, and it was like super niche, and it was like, okay, a thousand people have seen this video. That's that's cool. I was expecting that kind of reaction, not you know, a hundred times that reaction. I got to point out that this game looks like it completely sucks, and there are plenty of comments all over the internet that are like, wow, this looks like a great hidden gem wrestling game. So sad we didn't get this, and uh, it looks like absolute garbage. <laughs> Well, I mean, the bar is set pretty low for wrestling games on the NES. Oh, I know that 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 is fair. The bar isn't very high. Um, yeah, you know, when you told me, Stefan, when you were like messaging us, I was like, yeah, that's cool. I guess. I mean, well, oh, I'm still cool, there. It's a proto. It's pretty like, cool. All right, cool. I'm like, then, I'm happy for that guy. He he does the digging, and he got what he deserves for doing all the digging he does. Yeah. Uh, well, then it just like blew up. I was like, oh man, I. Wow, people care more than I anticipated as well. Anyways, congrats on the find. That's an awesome find. It's a nice little bit of history that you've unearthed for all of us uh, gaming nerds. So that was cool. Yeah, thanks. And to those of you who are concerned, you probably have been following it anyway, but I am going to be releasing the ROM at some point in time. So don't think that I'm going to be hoarding it. You will have the opportunity to play it in some form. Oh man, when do we is this uh when do we get our exclusive collector's edition? Uh you <laughs> collect the collector's quest yeah. uh, edition. Yeah, the collector's quest uh UWC <laughs> variant. That's right. Yeah, cool. Coming soon. Special red carts. It will absolutely sell out before Mega Man 2. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> got that jab. Got more early. press than Mega Man too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I am eight bit. Still coming for you. That's right. Anyways, <laughs> fucking I am eight bit. Man, that joke never gets old. Okay. So, um, any more you want to say on the wrestling stuff, Tyler? You got any more, or do you guys want to jump into the so you want to collect for episode? I want to talk about the Sega Saturn, Johnny. You want me to? Okay. So. Guys, this episode is the So You Want to Collect for the Sega Saturn episode. Um, This is a basic primer. We don't go too deep. Uh, The Saturn isn't a huge system to go over, so you'll get a lot of that base knowledge. But um, this is designed for people just to who aren't hardcore into it to kind of get their bearings and and know a little bit about the the system. This is your cheat sheet. So uh, let's go, guys. Tower, start us off. Well, okay, and we're going to only talk about 
American Saturn stuff because that's kind of what we talk about on Collector's Quest. Because the Saturn, people get real deep into it and always everyone wants to know, like, what are imports to go for? What are good cheap imports to go for? But who cares about that? We're mostly talking about collecting U.S. Saturn games. Yeah, so, because the Saturn library in Japan is over 1,300 games or is over 1,200 games, nearing 1,300. And in the U.S., it's nowhere near that. So, that like... I have some people who are very deep Saturn collectors and I want to bring them in for an import episode, but that's not going to be covered by us. We don't have the knowledge to, to do that kind of episode justice without bringing in help. Yeah. We're like very general eighties, nineties, mostly kind of collectors. The people who go into Saturn imports are like, Oh yeah, I only play PC engine and Saturn import games. So I know which of these games are actually good. Yeah. I actually have two people down here that are perfect to talk about that. All right. So, uh, if you didn't know, Sega Saturn, it was uh, the console that came after the Sega Genesis and 32X, surprise launched in 1995 by corporate dumbasses, who uh, <laughs> it was on the horizon of the PlayStation launch. And they're like, oh, my God, we got to beat the PlayStation to the launch. Uh, why was that? Did they No, they did that with the Dreamcast, too, and messed up, too. They thought they had to get out before the PlayStation because that would grant them success. So they're like, it's going to be $3.99 and it's out right now and we got these five games or something. It'll be okay. And then at that same, whatever the event was, Game Developer Conference, I don't even know. What was it? I think it was I think it was E3. E3, okay. And then Sony just comes up and they're like, all right, PlayStation's going to cost $2.99 and everyone erupts in applause and everyone immediately forgets about Sega Saturn from the first day it was out. Was that the one where that that was literally the entire press conference? Like he just walks up and says the na- and says the price of the console and then walks away. I don't know if that was the whole press conference, but they definitely brought up a guy to stage and he was just like two ninety nine, and everyone yeah, erupts yeah, yeah. applause and he he goes yeah. off. Basically, the polar opposite of what happened with the PS three. Yeah, it was. Uh, Sony didn't learn from that moment apparently, but we're not talking about Sony today, except for the fact that. It destroyed the Saturn and everything else that got in its wake. Well, and the, the Saturn sort of effed them on both ends, right? So cause they got eaten alive by PlayStation, but then they also cannibalized sales of the 32X. Yeah, th- this whole thing was a mess. So it's really weird. One of the things I was looking at, uh, there's a cover of Sega Visions, and it advertises Virtua Fighter on the 32X and Virtua Fighter 2 on the Saturn in the same issue. It's so freaking weird. Yeah, ew, ew, those kind of games usually don't go over well, because... Also, the 32X wasn't a system that America even wanted, and that was, like, pushed by, you know, Japan corporate Sega. If you guys don't know any of the story of Sega and its rivalry with... Sega America's rivalry with Sega Japan and how Sega Japan totally effed things up for Sega in America, you guys should go check that out. Um, the book console wars goes into it quite a bit, but yeah. Gaming historian has a, has a good series on it too. Yeah. If it, you want to, if you want to watch something. Yeah. It, it's real, it's real bad. How, how Saturn and 32 X and Sega CD were pushed out into the markets into an American market that didn't want that. And the executives didn't really want to like push it the way it did. It, it went down without. America's consent because you know Japan is the parent company and they they get final say. So um, Saturn was a victim of this, which is a shame because obviously it's a console that in Japan got you know over twelve hundred games. So that's a successful system. That's a lot of games. That's more than the Super Nintendo. You know that's PlayStation One amount of games, and America never saw that 
largely because of how poorly Sega Japan did this. So what are some of the other pitfalls that happened, Stefan, that made Saturn not a commercial success? Even though it's a collecting wonder, it was not a commercial success. It was notoriously hard to develop for. That was uh, a reason, one reason why they had uh, such a small U.S. library and uh, and really all the best games, or arguably all the best games, uh, were uh, first party because Sega was the only people who knew how to develop for the Saturn. I, I believe it came down to like it had some odd number of GPUs, like like multiple like multiple GPUs that uh, most third-party developers didn't know how to take advantage of both of them. So you would get games on both like the PS1 and the Saturn, and the Saturn would would horribly underperform versus the game on the same game on competitor consoles because they just couldn't figure out how to properly program for it. Yeah, even though that Saturn is known to be like a 2D powerhouse, but bad at 3D. It still had some games that even when went head to head with the PlayStation underperformed a great game, you know, in the hunt, which is basically metal slug by the same Mm. guys. It is not as good on the Sega Saturn as it is on the PlayStation, which is something you would think in the hunt. That's a 2d game. You should think that should win, but it just didn't. So even in the arena of 2d games, it wasn't, always the best uh, platform to be playing a game. So Saturn kind of suffered there. A lot and of, I want to say that the Saturn, the architecture is based on the Sega Model 2 arcade hardware. I don't remember if I'm remembering that correctly, but uh, basically all of the Sega Model 2 arcade ports that it has are complete garbage. So I don't know, is super underpowered compared to, I mean, obviously it was probably a freaking technological wonder when they released it in a console, but I hate that, you know, we got, dreamcast which was just a naomi at home and that's basically what it was and the sega saturn is like the sega model 2 at home but it sucks i'll get into how much i hate sega arcade ports briefly again yeah i was gonna say what episode did you cover that on i forgot because you went on a proper tirade in another episode (laughs) oh man tirade is the perfect thing for it you should have a segment on the show called tyler tirades it's one of the things that gets me about Saturn collecting because there's so many games with great titles like House of the Dead, Daytona USA, Sega Rally Championship. These are games that people love, but the Sega Saturn version of them is almost universally terrible. Yeah. Yep. So we weren't even talking about that. I didn't remember what we were talking about, but you just <laughs> I'm like flew get, off I'm the handle out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking about a lot of the reasons that Saturn failed, but I will say it's I think. And Tyler and I, we had this conversation. I think it's amazing to collect for. We're talking about all the dumb stuff that they did, like no Sonic game in their launch title. How do you? There's no Sonic game on the Sega Saturn. There's yes, there is. There's like Sonic R. There's no proper Sonic platform okay. game. Which right. imagine not a two D Sonic platform game? It would have looked amazing. I know. Like, yeah. how do you mess that up? Like, why isn't Sonic Four right? Just Sonic Four should have been a Saturn game, and they never made that. So yeah. Um, they made that it's stupid a mistake. 3D version years later. Yeah, well, Sonic R was like a weird one. They they did some weird stuff. Um, they made bad choices. It's weird that through even Japan, there was not more Sonic games, right? That was strange. But um, as a collector's item, though, and collector's pieces, the Saturn is a very interesting thing to collect for. I like it a lot. Um, you'll hear me talk about in this episode more about how I think it's one of the perfect 
systems to collect for because it doesn't bog you down with a, a bunch of nonsense. It's a very streamlined collecting experience. It's, uh, I mean, I guess we could say linear uh, in the way like where. You yeah, I agree. The only thing to, to really like go for is imports. Yeah, like if you want that, there's not too many not for resales. There's not a bunch of, there's like a few big boxes, but not really too many. There's not a ton of not for resales. There's a bunch of imports, but you don't have to go down that road. There's not a bunch of console variations. There's not a bunch of cool boxes. There's not not any of this ancillary stuff. There's no homebrews. There's, uh, you know, we have some translated imports now, but there's not like even a big scene for that. It's just pretty much like, you buy the games. Also, you don't have to dick around with, do I buy this game complete or do I do it loose? You buy it complete because that's the way it does. <laughs> that, that's how you collect idiot. Saturn, right? <laughs> if you're a disc-only Saturn collecting, like, I guess, man, maybe don't do that. Maybe just get ROMs. Like, just call it a day. If you are out there somewhere and you've just got a spindle of Saturn games, I want you to at me and tell me about your collection. Like all the high-end stuff, like they got the Exponent (laughs) Netlink and Magic Knight Ray are just like in a binder. (laughs) Yeah, just like, yep. (laughs) So the worst thing about collecting for Saturn is the cases, right? Everyone knows about the big case. It is a little different than the Sega CD case. Not by much. The other nice thing I will say about the case, though, and like why the collecting for this is streamlined... There's not a bunch of different case types. Like even Sega CD had two case types. Sega Saturn's like, this is it. The the library sits next to each other beautifully, except for Sega Knights. That's like the and the Virtua uh, cop games. But the, aside from that, there isn't much in the way of like big box that kind of gunks up your collection. Uh, there's so. the the three in one pack is made of cardboard and is the only game yeah. that has that. So, but that's like weird. Y- you know, with Sega CD, you've got like. 25 cardboard box games that are all horrible looking yeah Yeah. i know i know so saturn uh, you know while we're talking about the cases they look freaking awesome on a shelf second only to the sega cd which disagree with me fine white first blue wait wait wait. so sorry pause for a second can can we talk is anyone equipped to say what the actual differences are between the saturn cases and the sega cd cases yes okay so the hinge (laughs) the hinge hole is slightly bigger on saturn games i disagree there's a three millimeter one and a five millimeter <laughs> one, and Saturn has both of them on different games. Okay, well, because sure. I designed replacement hinges for these, so I I went through a lot of Saturn games. Okay, do you, do you know for a fact that all of those weren't replacements, like replacement cases from Sega CD games? I don't know for a fact, but I found enough games that I believe it. Okay, so that even if there are, the only variation is I don't think there was any Sega CD with both size holes, right? I don't, I, you know, I don't remember anymore. It's been a while since I made those hinges, but there's different size holes. In Sega Saturn and CD, there's two different sized holes. Also, Johnny, do you want to get into it? There, yeah, there's please. really tiny little like one millimeter holes in the top and bottom of the cases. Yes. Those are actually slightly different between some games. So some archaeologist a hundred years from now might be able to tell if your specific cover goes to your specific games, but I'm pretty sure there's zero people on earth who have even noticed that. Yeah, and and for people who are collecting and worrying if they have the right case, don't worry about it. Just if you have a case that's not cracked in half with broken hinges, you're doing just fine. Yeah, that's you're the, winning. Yeah, <laughs> don't you're winning the game. Don't get in, and that's the other nice thing about this. You don't have to get into this stupid level of minutia on the Sega Saturn. You don't have to. You can just be like, "Yep, it's in a case. Got an instruction manual. There's a disc in there. Back art, foam. Cool. I'm good. Move on." Did you have anything else on that that you wanted to go into, Stefan, or were you just wanted to hear 
Tyler no, I and I fight. No, no, you had just you had mentioned that they were different and then moved on, and so I just wanted to, to reel it back for a second. That's fair. Um, all right, so let's talk about the actual number of games. Stefan, how many games are in this library? But give us some caveats. 248 U.S. games on the list, Johnny, but uh, there are some... Do we all uh, agree with that number, actually? That would be pretty amazing. That probably wouldn't happen for many consoles. Yes, we agree on that number. Look at how well, and a, linear Saturn is, or whatever you want to call right, it. Right, that goes back. That goes back to why this uh, system is so great to collect for, is because the list is so established. However, there are some sort of edge case games. The Christmas Nights magazine sampler, which we went over in our Christmas episode. Uh, the uh, Daytona Virtual Lawn and Sega Rally Championship Netlink editions. Uh, the Daytona one being arguably the most expensive, probably not arguably, arguably the most expensive. <laughs> well, arguably that it's, it's, it's arguably that it's part of the set, right? Um, but, uh, but it is that the, by far the most expensive uh, game in the set. Uh, then we've got the the Virtual Fighter, uh, not for resale pack-ins, and then the three free games with purchase of Sega Saturn. Isn't that what it's actually called too? Like that's what it name. says on the box. <laughs> that's the yeah. name of it: three free games with purchase of Sega Saturn. Yeah, and it's uh, it's in a cardboard box. It's got the the three different packing games on it on the front of the box. Um, and for a while, at least in SoCal, that thing was so. I thought it was super rare, and then uh, somebody popped up locally with just like a truckload of yeah, just boxes of sealed copies of this thing. Yeah, I regret not buying one too because I I just looked at mine and it is not nice looking. Again, box you have some big box games that like throw like a crimp in the count. Sometimes people want to count. Oh well, this uh, this Virtual Cop came with a gun, and this one didn't, so it's two different games. No, like it's that, not like the, you can. So you can mess. You can mess up your count a little bit. You can get. You can get that count up some, but and you can count all three in the three free games with purchase as like their own thing. That's the only way you can mess up the count. But it's really hard. It's not like Nintendo where you're fighting with people over unlicensed games. It's very the linear. Other, the other distinct one is it, J- J- Johnny? You have the set. Is it just Magical Night Ray Earth with all the disc variations? Um, I don't know. No, if Albert Odyssey has a couple variants as well. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, for clarity, um, the working designs team for a few of their games did disc variants where the, the packaging is completely identical, but the actual print on the disc, uh, features a different character art. So some people think that, what is it? Three cut, three different versions of magical night rare three to the, I think so. And I think there's two of, of uh, Albert Odyssey. Yeah, some people do argue that each of those variants is part of the set. If they're crazy. Yeah, one ep- one episode I want us to do a breakdown of of the working designs collection and just like go through it and talk about all the disc variants. I have all that information written down, so uh, we can do that. We can do a good episode on that and just kind of bring to light all the crazy working design stuff there is that we know of, including the pins. I find that people who claim that those things are part of the set are people who already own them. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I own a lot of these variants. Like, you know, I have all the Lunar variants on Sega CD, which are, yeah. are seven. Uh, and those aren't all individual games, guys. It's Lunar is the game, and there are just variants of the game. That's how variants work. <laughs> Move on. So I want to go back to uh, Christmas Nights for a second, because I was thinking, like, wait, what magazine was that released in? Because Sega Saturn Magazine didn't come out in America uh, so in North America, it came out with Ultra Game Players and Next Generation, 
And I'm thinking back, like I was almost definitely subscribed to Next Generation in uh, 1997. Oh, but it was probably the newsstand copies, right? Oh, that's yes. why I didn't get it. Okay. So there were, uh, that had a circulation between those two of roughly 100,000 copies. And then it was also a free rental from Blockbuster Video. So there should be a ton of copies of Christmas Nights out there. Uh, I guess yeah. a lot of those are lost in storage bins and stuff. That's like a $40 game though, right? Well, That's pretty they're, surprising. They're also, that also comes in a paper sleeve, so it's a little yeah, bit exactly. more difficult to hang on to. So do you guys both have Christmas Nights? I think so. I know I have the Japanese version, which is the actual more complete copy of the yes. game. Yeah, yeah but, the, uh, the US one is like a trial version of the game. Um, yeah. It's better than Nights into Dreams. Doesn't matter that it's only one level. I've said this before on the <laughs> podcast. Sure, it's, sure. It's got a do, super, do you, super creepy. Uh, do you own it super, or not? What? Yeah, I've got, I've got a Japanese copy on my shelf, a Japanese copy in my car for the soundtrack, and the U.S. copy on my shelf. Okay, nerd. <laughs> well, because I, my, the only reason I even ask this, and we don't need to go on this podcast really, but I have an extra copy, like of the U.S. version of one of you guys needs it. Oh. Huh. I will yeah. take a look at that. All right, so. Those are the on the edge games. Uh, like the next thing we do in this series is oh, wait, we talk the about Virtual Le- Fighter. That oh. isn't that. Did we talk about how that's only available as a console pack in? Is that like no unprecedented in console history that a game was only released with a console physically? Um, that's freaking weird because that comes in a regular sized jewel case. That's such a weird part of the library. Yeah, there. I, I guess that is like the one variation is there's a couple of jewel case games, but you can put them in that cardboard mm. box and not worry about it. What cardboard yeah, box? Like, or not, the, not the console not box? The cardboard box. Yeah, the console box, and not worry about that. Yeah, like the um, virtual cop gun, ga- gun games are uh, are in two cases. Same, but again, you toss those in the in their big boxes and not worry about them. Yep. And so, Virtual Fighter, it was released on the same time on 32x. So I'm guessing they didn't do a retail release because they were like, "Who's going to buy a 32x game? I want Virtual Fighter 2. And then they came out with Pretty remakes. Much. All right, so do you want to talk about loose versus complete tower? There's nothing to talk. It. If you collect, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, loose shame anyone for collecting loose Saturn games, but I don't think anyone's out there still printing out DVD inserts for their Saturn. I, I do want to talk to that guy. If you're out there, I, I, hit me up. I, I mean, I know people have done it where they make their own, like, cases because people, there's like a bunch of art files for a lot of the games where they go into DVD cases and people do a nice job with those. So I can see people doing that because again, the system is very expensive, but again, it's a pretty streamlined collection to, to collect for. Uh, but let's talk about prices. Tyler, how expensive is it? If you want to buy the whole set, uh, it's just over $13,000, which put in context is actually a few thousand dollars less than a loose SNES set, which surprised me. Right. I would also wager that if you were actually out there haggling on some of these high-end titles, you're probably going to overpay. Like, 13000 looks optimistic to me. Um, not by a lot, but... It could be that there's just, like, some of these, like, $40 titles, you know, like Galaxy Fight. When was the last time you thought about Galaxy Fight? You might have to, like, overpay by twice as much to really get that in an auction or something. I don't know. I'm making yeah. that up, so don't... Let's cut that. No, out. but I mean, it, but <laughs> no, that, Galaxy that, Fight that, is actually a, a great example of that, I think. But that kind of thing does actually happen because I know putting together my, um, I probably spent a good two thousand dollars more than list price to put together my 3DO set, and a couple of those were just like, yeah, this was a forty dollar game, typically, but no one's seen it in a year, so when it popped up, ten people wanted it, and then all of a sudden you're paying two hundred dollars. True. I don't think Saturn is that bad, though. Thankfully, 
And we have hard cases, not shitty 3DO boxes that probably all got thrown out. Right. And Saturn games typically aren't as rare. That's the other nice thing. Like, they're out there. If you want Saturn games, you can find them on eBay. Some are hard to find, of course, like you don't see very often. But really, this is, you know, the set is the set. It's not that hard to find. Um, Prices are generally, again, this is like an average of what a complete set would cost. But again, if you're paying nice condition on on all of your stuff, you're going to pay a little more. So again, condition definitely matters, especially on Saturn jewel cases and discs like that are scratched. So condition starts to be a, a much obvious, much more obvious driver here because the small dings matter a lot on a Saturn case. Like a little corner smushing on a NES game, not a big deal. Break a hinge off a Saturn game, which is pretty pretty common. And that drops the value down because there aren't good replacement cases for the Saturn. But we'll talk about those. And that's the thing too, right? There's no, there's really no such thing as a small crack in a, in a Saturn case. Like generally, like you'll, you'll see, you know, like with a SNES box, you know, it's cardboard. You can crush a corner. If you do any damage to a Saturn corner, that thing is going to ripple through the entire case, right? You're yeah. Gonna... It's, a, it's a hard plastic and it looks real bad. Yeah. Also, manual so use, warp uh, is a real thing. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I use a, it's called Same Stuff. It's a plastic welder. It will uh, look terrible unless you apply it with a syringe, in which case it will still look terrible, but it will bond cracks together. So even though your case is cracked, it won't crack more because your case could just crack off if you take it off the shelf is too it, roughly. Is it like basically like windshield resin? I don't even know thing? what that is. It's It's a copy of Android Pro Weld, which I think is a uk train modeling product so i don't think you know what that is either yeah never heard of it all right all our manuals are warped all our back inserts are warped yep well the back inserts aren't i don't find to be as bad manual warp is a real thing if you stand them up a lot of the manuals are heavy they didn't do a really good job of making them sit inside those cases nicely they tried that foam but really it like it should have been a stiffer piece of cardboard that just was inserted into the back of every saturn game to make that manual stay straight, that's what I would have done. A thin but rigid piece of, you know, plastic or something. But instead, we got that foam brick, which is often lost. And uh, if you stand the games up, the manuals eventually just kind of warp. If you lay them down, Saturn cases are designed as such. If you turn it face down so the manual is not being warped, so it's laying on its face, you can turn the game around. And so this is laying fat, flat you know, lengthwise, you can still read the title. So you just turn around and the title will be the correct way. It'll be up instead of upside down so you can read it. So the cases are designed in such a way that you can mitigate that uh, warping instead of standing your games by laying them flat. So that's my pro tip for you. Or you could just be a crazy person like me and just put them on your shelf. They look nice. I, I mean, that's what I did too. It looks better that way, I think. And shelves are more easily designed to fit them but if you have the exact right face where space where you can stack them on top of each other i don't like doing that because it makes games hard to get out of the middle but it will preserve your manual better like if you're going to store them i would store them face down that's just some notes there how is it go go ahead i was gonna say why don't you tell me about some expensive games stefan or or tyler one of you I, I mean, I, I also just kind of want to put, before we go granularly into the number of games, I just kind of wanted to talk about the sort of cost distribution through this set. You know, it is it is 13000 you know, for the entire set. But, 
it is one of those sets that the middle like there's no there's no cheap games right so the the middle and the low end are all going to be you know relatively expensive so like for me personally i am 70 games away from the set and i was like yeah that seems Halfway not there. that far <laughs> yeah and then i was like oh that's six thousand dollars um so uh so yeah i mean the the super nintendo was similar in that regard too where the middle was the middle really gets you but there's so many more games occupying that dollar value where here it's 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 just every every middle or low end game like there's there's not there's very few games under the forty dollar price point right so it just it's it's a it's a slog even though there aren't you know that many games in the set that's all I, I agree say. well I mean that I mean here here's the problem with it there are probably thirty games that are listed as under ten dollars but I don't know why those games are listed at ten dollars because. Even your most base Saturn game, after shipping and everything, because shipping is always going to be more expensive. Like the minimum you're going to pay f- for a Saturn game is fifteen dollars, I think. Yeah, you know, ten to f- like if you can get a any Saturn game for ten dollars shipped, mind you, then that's a good deal. But I think like with shipping, it's usually going to be more. So these are like if you were going to try and pick up Saturn games, my advice for you is to. Try to be at conventions where you can get away from the shipping because shipping on these, because they're not standard, they don't fit in like, you know, your flat rate boxes as well. You know, you're going to get eaten alive on shipping because even though there are. And they're heavy. Yeah. There's like a bunch of games and prone to damage. You know, there's 30 games under supposedly $10. None of those are actually under $10. Yeah. And as, and especially as the, hobby matures to people who don't want reproduction cases are cannibalizing that low end for cases. Right. Um, so yeah, that's ridiculous. Like you, that number, like what you should see on something like game value now is how much it costs for a complete copy in good condition. There's no sad like that. Even if you take out shipping and eBay fees, whatever they're trying to take out, there's no way those games are acceptable condition copies for a collector. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, the the cheapest listed game is listed at three dollars and thirty seven cents for NFL Quarterback Club, and good luck because I will pay three dollars and thirty seven cents for any nice Saturn case right now. If you have yeah. a good condition Saturn case and you want three dollars and thirty seven cents for it, I have that money here for you. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those listings are just mislabeled disc only sales. Yeah, I mean, Stefan, you've seen me do it. We're out, and I see, like, a nice Saturn case in, like, a game. I mean, obviously, I already have, but if I see, like, PGA Tour or Madden NFL or whatever, and it's, like, under $5 and it's in a nice case, I'm like, I'll just be buying those to replace my cases, thanks. Yeah, I I get super excited for cheap sports titles for Saturn. Yeah, I I walked into a a comic-slash-game store, and they had just a bunch of shitty sports titles, and I got them all for $4 each, and I can't tell you how excited I was, because all the cases were nice. Yeah. Johnny, you need to just learn to do what me and Stefan do, which is accidentally buy the same game way too many times, because when I finished the Saturn <laughs> and Sega CD set, I had like 50 games left over. And I'm like, oh, this is freaking great. And then I cannibalized every single case and traded all the bullshit ones into my local store. <laughs> Nice. And they're like, oh, you really did a number on these, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was a kid. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, by did a number, you mean looked at them funny. <sighs> yeah, and, and Johnny had mentioned it, too, in that they're prone to damage. Like, when we talk about our, like, bubble mailer uh, 
atrocity stories, which we do frequently, a, a, a large number of those stories are about Sega Saturn titles. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, they, they are very difficult to ship. But even in a box, like I've had Saturn games just shipped in a box where there was, like a Saturn game is actually a game where you need like enough padding. Like you throw a Super Nintendo box into a, a you know, a, a small flat rate, it doesn't bang around too much. Yeah, there's going to be some minimal damage. Like, you could have some damage. It's annoying. But if you put a Saturn gaze w- w- with no packing around it, the thing's just going to be broken. There's yep. no if ands, or buts about it. It's just fragile plastic. Anyways, I, I think people get it. The cases <laughs> look really nice, but are fragile <laughs> as shit. All right. Uh, don't clean your Saturn games without taking out the inserts. Because if they have any little cracks in them, if you're cleaning them with alcohol, it'll seep through the cracks and damage the insert. Hot tip. Not really a hot yeah. tip. Kind of obvious, but I do it a lot, even though I know not to do it. I'm like, I'll just avoid it, and I still fuck it up. So we were talking about prices of games. I wanted to go into that a little bit. We talked about, like, you know, there's over 30 $10 or less games, and there's over 50 that are supposedly under 20 I think, like, mm-hmm. over 60 actually. They're supposedly under 20 Probably not going to see, really. But let's talk about the expensive ones. We already mentioned... Daytona, that one goes for about $1,300. 10% of the set. Yep. Daytona. Yeah, that's a... And there's not very many of those, so mind you, $1,300 is a placeholder number. You might be able to find it for less if someone comes up and prices it, because there's not none... Well, there's one on eBay right now. I think someone's got it for $17,000 or something ridiculous. Uh, So you don't have to worry about the Collector's Quest podcast going and purchasing that from out from under you right now. Is it Like in previous episodes. I don't know. It's just I think someone put a crazy oh. number on it. Um, also, it's one of those games too that like ebbs and flows because oh, yeah. there's just there's only a very small handful of people looking for one, like like actively looking for one at any given time. So if you just get lucky and you're the guy that's looking for one right now, you can you know I saw one go um, privately not long ago for nine hundred dollars. So the, the those deals are out there. I don't think those deals are out. This game is probably the actual rarest game I think on the Saturn. So uh, for sure, so Tyler, real tough. Tyler, tell people what the history is. Tell people why this is a thirteen hundred dollar game. Okay, Daytona USA. Oh man, I'm gonna get into my Sega AM2 thing. Daytona released four times on the Sega Saturn. The launch game, Daytona USA, re-released as Daytona Circuit Championship Circuit Edition, which they like screwed up the graphics and handling for no reason. But the graphics in general are better. And then in Japan, they updated the game again with better graphics and netlink capability and didn't mess with the handling this time. It was like the original handling with the better game. And then the American netlink edition, the fourth edition of Daytona USA on Sega Saturn is the updated graphics with updated handling and the netlink edition. And I'm saying updated handling, I think is a bad thing. I don't remember because all the Daytona games play so bad, but you could only either mail order it or you could buy it online. And it's probably the rarest, actual rarest Saturn game. And all the, it's the same exact case as Daytona Championship Circuit Edition. So the insert, exactly the same, same manual. It comes with a black and white addendum that says Netlink Edition on it, and the disc says Netlink Edition on it. Yeah, and it's a different colored disc. It's like a purple so, disc, Yes. Right? So th- this is why you should look at every copy of Daytona that you ever see ever in your life. Yes, it's one of those games like No Mercy. I look at every single copy, and I hope for the dream where I find a Netlink Edition one day. Obviously, it's never happened. Uh, that's Me another too. thing you could do on eBay, though. Just search for every Championship Circuit Edition, because from the outside, you just totally can't tell it's the Netlink Edition. 
So, I'm sure that's happened. Oh yeah, someone must have hit the jackpot. It should yeah. happened plenty of times, like you know, ten years ago. Yeah. Right. I'm sure there's someone just adamantly doing it, like some store now. Yeah. So this was a game that you know I would I had stalled out on collecting for a little while, and then I, I found this game and uh, like a fair deal at the time, and it was it was one of my re- I've talked about this, and I even wrote like a blog back in the day. But this was the game that recharged me. Daytona is like a big series for. The Saturn, obviously, Tyler just told you how many iterations it came. But um, yeah, this is, you can debate whether this is actually a retail release because of the way it was sold. Does it count for the set? Most Saturn collectors 100% collect it, like 100% count it. Um, there are a few people, you know, who, who want to argue it, but not too many people do. Guys, do you know anyone who argues it's actually not part of the set? Uh, people who don't already own it. I've never heard anyone say it's not part of the set. <laughs> right, so... Again, why the set is largely streamlined, because you don't have these arguments uh, about stuff. So there's a couple other, like, grossly expensive games. The number one being Panzer Dragoon Saga, which, you know, can be anywhere from 700 to $500, depending on when you're looking. After that, it kind of starts to table, like uh, trail off a little bit. You get Magic Knight Ray Earth which is like almost 400 and then burning rangers which is 300 and then you get a whole swath of games under $300 but in that 200 to you know more than $200 range there's 1 2 3 4 5 6 seven, 8 games so over $200 which isn't too bad except that middle range of like $100 is very wide yeah, it's a, a wide ton. swath of games and then that 100 just goes down to like 50 and then kind of stops. <laughs> right. And again, a lot of those like $75 games listed on this list, you're going to get your, you're paying a hundred dollars for those. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, and so all the most expensive games are everyone's favorite Saturn games and they all came out in 1998. So they're all among the hardest to find on the system. Right. So burning ragers, shining force three were like two of the last, but the very last was magic night, Ray earth. And all those games are actually good games. So sorry guys. And that was Panzer Dragoon Saga 98, or was that late 97? That was also really late. I don't know if Saga was 98. I don't know. Also, just because th- uh, this is info within, like, the last three years, everyone around the internet thinks they know how many copies of Panzer Dragoon Saga there were. 10,000, 20,000, oh, whatever. <laughs> there was an interview with a guy at Sega, I forgot where, and he said that there were initially 20,000 copies produced, they sold out in two days, and then they printed some amount more. Uh, it didn't say, I mean, he didn't have like the documents to show it, but he said he remembers there were 20,000 printed and he was some Sega guy. So there's not 10,000 copies out there and it's, there's literally 10 copies on eBay any given day. Right. So it's not like the rarest Saturn game ever. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of the little Samson of the set, right? Like, oh yeah, little Samson's really rare, except that there's like eight of them on eBay. Well, there, there's actually eight exactly <laughs> Panzer Dragon sa- sagas right now on ebay yeah but i think every every set has like the genuinely rare expensive game and then it has that like runner-up that mo- more people know about you know and that that yeah, that's, panzer Dra- that's panzer dragon saga for for this set sure and uh one side note there are two different versions of this game um as far as oh let's fight John. because this this uh this game was really grossly packed so they put one cd in there and then like it, it's a computer game from like 1997 they put paper sleeves for it because it's four discs yeah so disc one goes in the tray and then you have three other discs in little paper inserts 
they're fairly stiff, but still, it feels really gross, and I wish that someone made a custom thing to do this better rather than these paper inserts. But there's a white paper insert and a black paper insert. There are your variants for it. But okay. the, the other thing to mention about those paper inserts, too, is that they are notched, so they're not just generic paper inserts. Yeah, they're correct. actually specific for the case. Yes, and that's to make them not wiggle around. But for a while, people were disputing me whether there was two paper inserts. So that there are. You can go on eBay and look right now, and you will see both versions out there. Okay, John, I, I want to fight on this for a rare. second. Um, sure. So there's there's three discs. There's four discs for Panzer Dragoon Saga. Three have the paper inserts. So there's a black insert and a white insert. And yours can all be black. They can all be white. Or you can get a mix of them. It came from the factory all three ways. And I don't think there's any determination which is the earliest print run. It might be just any of them. If you go deep into forums, you can find people who are like, I bought Panzer Dragoon Saga day one. Mine came with black and white inserts in the same case. I still own the game. So putting that out there. Yeah, I I can believe that. And there are all three versions on eBay right now. Also, where are you going to get a freaking disc insert to Panzer Dragoon Saga? Who would ever have that to mix up with black and white? I 100% agree. Um, you know, that again, also sh- Sega is notorious for, you know, not the highest quality standards when it comes to stuff like this, because I know a guy and like, we've gotten into this. I know a guy who bought a Sonic out here in California, still know him on the Sega master system does not have the sticker on it, but I know this guy. I know, I know him personally. I know he's had this game his whole life. There's no sticker on his Sonic. So what are you going to do? Everyone's like, no, no. The US one has to have the sticker. The US one has a sticker, Johnny. What are you talking about? Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh-huh. Right. Totally different game. That sticker changes everything. But um, yeah. Anyways, the point is that Sega doesn't um, quality control on on that depth very often. So don't worry about it. If you've got a mixed up one, black ones, white ones. It does not affect the value. I bet it affects the value. I bet people are looking for that game and they're like, I want all the black inserts. There's there's someone who wants some specific insert. And if you want the black and white ones, here's a pro tip. Just buy two copies and then you can you can make the third one yourself. You can just use a you, sharp. You can be like, look, I've done I've done it. You can maximum carnage that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, what, let's talk about uh, hardware variants now that we've talked about the price of games a little bit. Tyler, I think you're our man about hardware variants. Well, foreign hardware for the Saturn, it's unbelievable. There were so many. There are color variants. There are packing variants. It came out in Hong Kong. It had video CD support. And there was only two variants in America. There's the one with oval buttons, which came out first. That has the terrible controller that's too big and kind of clunky and weird. What oval buttons? Not on the controller. Oh, the power the and the itself. reset button on the actual console are oval, and your finger doesn't feel nice when you press them because they're at like angles, and you're like, oh, I don't like my oval buttons. <laughs> and then, uh, then they came out with a hardware variant to make it uh, a hardware revision to make it cheaper to manufacture. Uh, and that one came important. They're about the same. They're pretty much the same thing. Uh, but it came with the Model Two Sega Saturn controller, which a lot of people consider to be the best controller of all time. Because the D-pad yeah. is amazing. And the shoulder buttons are better too, right? The first shoulder buttons were gross too. They're a little loose. The Japanese controller is also very nice, which I think is that same revision. Yes. There, if you get into that, like, here's the thing. If you want to play import games on this, you can do there. One, you're going to need 
to do a disc swap or have an action replay with some stuff loaded on. There's ways to get around it, but um, I got some stuff we could talk about later. But it costs like twenty bucks, so it's it's super easy to play in plus. Excellent, perfect. So, not a lot of revisions. That like one other like weird revisions is uh, with Sega Knights. It came with the 3D controller, and people love that controller. So. There's a the big box version. The reason it has a big box is for the 3D controller. I think actually one more hardware variant, uh, the uh, Virtual Fighter Pack-in Sega Saturn. I think there's there's a Model 1, and then there's the Model 1 with the Virtual Fighter. Okay. I should probably look that up before saying it. But you know what? I'm just throwing it out there, because I know that was one of the bundles. Yeah, and, well, and there's a bundle that came with, like, the modem and stuff that okay. you can buy. Sure. So, Get on the if internet. you care about that. Yeah. Let's talk about... How hard is this to collect for, Stefan, and is it popular? Yeah, so actually, before we go on to this, uh, I want to tell a story uh, going back to hardware variants real quick. Uh, so there was, this is a... Well, it wasn't a variant. Yeah, well, so I, um, you know, it's no secret that I've been in the game industry for a long time. And this store in uh, in the high desert had this Saturn that had a Disney Interactive property sticker on it. And I just wanted it because it had the Interactive property sticker and I used to work there. So I drive, I drive Johnny out there and we get there and it's like the shadiest place you've ever seen in your how life. How long There's did like, we drive first? Tell the, people how long we yeah, drove It was like, well, like a two hour drive, wasn't it? Something yeah. like that. Close to that. Yep. And, uh, cause yeah, cause this was like in the middle of that, like, you know, meth cooking high desert. And, um, and so we get there and it's the shadiest place you've ever seen. Like there's no front signage. It's just this like dead storefront and you walk in and there's like old radios and like boom boxes and car stereos. And this guy comes out and he's like, clearly open carry right he's got a gun on his hip and like he's got his like his t-shirt draped behind it so like you can clearly be like hey i'm in my store and i can carry a gun and he was just like super super shady so we we walked back and there was a decent amount of games back there once you got back there but then uh so the whole crux of this was that he was telling me that it was region free and it isn't. There's just a few games on the Saturn that will play Japanese games that will play on a U.S. Saturn. Um, but like the Minx, there's, there's a, like a racing game. And so anyway, it turned out that that was like the only game that he had tested for it, had tested on it. And, uh, and clearly it wasn't a region free uh, game. And so or a region free deck. And so we get there and like, I'm in this back room with this dude and a gun and he's like, I'm like, so this isn't, this isn't what you, this isn't what you promised me. And he's like, well, do you still want to buy it? And I'm thinking, no, but you're carrying a gun. And like, so like, so I ended up buying this thing anyway. I wanted the property sticker, but I wanted to, it just reminded me the hardware variant topic reminded me of that time that I, uh, I drug, drug Johnny out into the desert. Yeah. Into Meth Valley. Meth Valley. Conveniently located right before Death Valley. Uh, also, like when we went in there, like he talks about all the radios and stuff that were out. We had to wind through a yeah. different storefront into a side room at the back uh, with barred windows everywhere. Like no one can hear you scream. Like back behind the fence, like the, uh, the front <laughs> place, which was a giant, uh, you know, like steel, right, wrought iron steel fence with barbed wire across the back and top of it. That's yeah. where we went for this. It was like so. the, one of those atmospheres where the only thing you can think of is how many exits there are to this room. Like, you wanted to be in an advantageous <laughs> negotiating position, guys. And look, it worked. Stefan bought it. 
here's the thought you have. You're like, well, this is how it ends. I'm I'm a <laughs> yeah. dummy collector. Like every shitty Craigslist deal I've ever made, when you're like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't pull through this guy's back fence and have him lock it behind me. That's like what's going on in my mind. Yeah, but, but like I've had encounters like that where I felt safer than this guy's store. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> me too. Anyways, um, yeah. So is this popular and hard to collect for, Stefan? Uh, so yeah, I'd say it's fairly popular. I think it's getting more popular as people are sort of maturing as this hobby matures like people have you know kind of make the progression but you know from like nes card or like the the apid stuff and all the cartridge stuff and as they're running out of things to collect then they start collecting the more niche and more niche and more niche that's how like i'm dealing with tons of people now coming to me wanting to learn how to collect for 3do because they're running out of other things to collect and i think that's that's starting to affect the saturn as well for a long time the prices were pretty pretty stable but um they've been they've been kind of climbing up there uh recently um and then i think in the in the wild like people like johnny you were saying earlier that you know that saturn stuff is out there and i agree but it seems to be pretty sparse in the wild like i don't go to stores and find a ton of saturn i find them online and i find them at shows and like and that's where you're going to find the best deals anyway probably especially like we had mentioned they're difficult to ship so uh shows are going to be your best you know sort of quote-unquote brick and mortar source but uh but i don't i don't see them regularly at shops do you do you find that to be true i find them i find them here and there i find them more often than i find box nest games that's fair um i don't even know if that's true for me but uh really i find them more often than sega cd that's for sure but as far as like actual difficulty to collect, I mean, for all the reasons that we've mentioned previously, no, it's not difficult. You know, the the list is small. The it's very clear cut. Uh, you don't have to decide whether or not you want to buy uh, in box or loose. You just buy in box. Um, so like for all these, there's there's a lot of reasons why the set is very streamlined, very easy to collect for. Yes, it's expensive. So if you if if dollar value is your equation for difficulty, then yes, it's going to be difficult. It's a, an expensive system. But if you're just talking about availability, I don't think it's very difficult at all. No, and if you are willing to spend a hundred dollars on a game and not do that very often, you can buy some quality games on the Sega Saturn. There are about 50-ish sports titles, depending on how you count a sports title, um, that aren't great, but that's roughly about a fifth of the library. But there are a lot of good games that will that will treat you well. People do love the Saturn, despite everything Tyler will tell you about why he hates it. Um, <laughs> he hates certain aspects of it, I should be fair. Uh, people do love this system. People love to collect for it. And again, normally the passionate people about it, they're deep into imports and stuff too. And there are a lot of cool imports and stuff you can find for it. So it is a fun system. That's not a thing that we put in there. That's usually not part of our criteria, but it is a fun system to collect for. And I, I feel like even though it's easy, it's rewarding, especially if you look at imports, because it has a depth there that... um even though the library is small, I feel like there's a good depth and range of games for people to play on it. Johnny, you've said before for uh, all the years that I've known you, right? This is one of your favorite sets to collect for. If it, you know, not not necessarily your favorite console, but your favorite console to collect for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, well, it is a system I actually love. It was one of the systems. It is the system that I brought me back to buying video games because I'd taken a little break there. 
This and Super Nintendo are my favorites. So what happened with me and Saturn, I was in the Air Force. Like I, I had Super Nintendo. I played a little bit of PlayStation 1, had that a little bit, but didn't really own it. I had borrowed the PlayStation 1 from someone. I went to the Air Force. After basic training, the first time that I'm allowed off base, I'm in tech school and you like hit these phases and you're finally allowed off base. So I get off base and the first thing I do the year is 19, I said 99, but it's 1998 actually. 1998, I go out and we go see a movie because that's like a thing I wanted to do. We're on the river walk down in San Antonio and there's an EB and I go to EB and I find a Sega Saturn that I buy. I buy the console and I buy Shining Force because I love Shining Force. And I'm like, Shining Force 3? Oh my God. And there's going to be more of them. And I'll talk more about Shining Force 3 later. I think I've already explained this. But yeah, I was so excited. And I, I bought that and I went to a Target. And this is the, the info you didn't need about this story. Um, the other thing I bought that day besides Shining Force and a Sega Saturn I bought no other games, by the way. I bought a Rancor, a Star Wars Rancor from Power of the Force line. It was the re-release of it because that was one of my favorite toys as a kid. And there was a new one out. So, yeah, Giant Nerd in the Air Force. Uh, going going back to my dorm with uh, a Rancor and a Sega Saturn in hand. For the clarity of no one but Tyler, that is not the magic card <laughs> Rancor. Yeah. It's the first uh, thing I'll think of when you think of Rancor. It comes from your graveyard no, your not. hand. It's crazy. No, it is not. <laughs> It is a great magic card, but that's not what I bought. Also, the movie I saw that day was the X-Files movie. So, yeah, it was like a nerd day. For it's a good sure. movie. I like that movie a lot. All right, Johnny, I need to, I want to go back and respond to a couple things you said. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, you, someone is going to pick up on the fact they're going to think I hate the Sega Saturn. I think the Sega no. Saturn is super cool. As a set collector, one of the absolute best things about the sega saturn is you almost never spend a ton of money on a pile of garbage basically every game over like 75 dollars or 100 dollars, it's either like some cool atlas exclusive game or it's like one of the best games on the console a sega game so you know you're gonna spend like 300 dollars on magic net ray earth but you know it's one of the coolest games on the console it's almost unlike anything else I could think of. Like there's a ton of just bullshit NES games like Color a Dinosaur or, you know, Mountain Bike Rally Speed Racer on Super Nintendo. There's just that Jimmy just Connors, doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of games like that. Yeah. Go on. As far as the entire set, uh I don't think it's a super good library. Uh it has a lot of sports games and it has a lot of 3D games. Uh, you know, I say just well, 3D games in general, I don't think are good on the Sega Saturn. And, and again, there's a ton of games that are cross-platform and are better on other platforms. Yeah, and I, re yeah. I that stuff drives me nuts. I never like playing a bad version of a game. To be fair, though, we you said a ton of stuff is cross-platform, but there's also a ton of stuff that's kind of exclusive to Saturn, which is a another nice reason to collect the system. Because when you buy on the Saturn, you don't see all of those games with every other system. It's not like modern collecting where you're like, well, this is on 12 systems. I own 45 copies of it or whatever. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I own one copy of this game. That's cool. Like, so that's I know, great. I mean, people Feels disagree with me. Not looking at whatever. I don't think like the Saturn, the U S Saturn library has like a ton to dig into in all different genres. I think it's mostly like the high end. It's not like a, it, you don't want to buy, I want to get some 10 cheap Saturn games and check the console out. It's like, no, don't nope. do that. Maybe just buy one copy of Battle Garega and just have that one game. That'll be cool. It'll be way better experience. I promise you. 
Yeah, this is not the game where you like pick up the slops and and there there's not like a Mario Brothers that's cheap on this system. I mean, yeah. if you like the like virtual the cheap games fighter, are like Daytona sure. USA, which is like a bad port, like Bug, which is a really dated 3D platformer before Mario 64. Right. That this stuff is like that. you are very right about that. This is not the system to do that. This is the system where commit to spending a, a couple couple bills on some games and know that you will have good games. Yeah. I mean, they're never going down in value, so if you just want to play it, you could sell it, and you're probably going to get full value out of it. You could probably put up a buy it now for $10 more than you paid. Someone will buy it eventually during an eBay sale. Yeah, and there's not a ton of good ways. This is one of the rare systems right now where there's not a ton of good ways to to play it, aside from actually playing it on the original hardware. There's yeah. no Sega Mini, you know, that has Saturn stuff on it. Um, you know, all these other systems that are supposed to come out and eventually play Saturn games, none of these disc-based systems have you know arrived yet so saturn is pretty much if you want to play good saturn games you got to do it on the console itself i mean yes you can put an emulator on your computer slide the disc in your computer or get some roms but you know if you're listening to the show you're probably not about that saturn emulators are freaking terrible i think they play like galactic attack perfectly and that's it and there are some some flashcard mod solutions for it, but it's one of those things that they're just not widely available. It's like it's one guy in like the Czech Republic, uh, you know, making t- ten of them at a time, and you're on a wait list for three years. That's not that's not a way to to play your games. Uh, it's much much easier if you wanted to to go that route to you know get a, a chip that allows you to play burns or something like that. Yeah, and then going back to the the popularity aspect. So just to give some context, I know going back like three years and I realized that goes a little bit into the tail end of video game madness, but like boxed Nintendo and Super Nintendo games, they kind of doubled. They just about doubled both of them. Card only Super Nintendo games past three years, a little bit flat. Uh, Both Sega CD and Saturn over the past three years have almost tripled in value from an average of like $20 to like $60 in terms of popularity. It's not only that it's getting more popular to collect. Uh, a big reason for that is that a lot of the uh, weird, uncommon stuff is really getting sussed out. And you're seeing some games, like the weird sports games, uh, octuple in value overnight with like a single sale. So that kind of stuff has been happening in the Sega li- uh, the Saturn library recently. Yeah, which is, again, why I'm calling bullshit on the $13,000. <laughs> yeah, look, we don't think that's a great number, but just a reference point yeah. for people. Um, all right. So we talked about some of the most expensive games already. Well, I guess we, we've kind of talked how deep does collecting go for it? There's not a system that you go deep on. There's not tons to do. We've, we've kind of hammered that point home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the most expensive games. Uh, one that Tyler wanted to call out was Battlesport for $300. And, uh, let's see. We talked about the late releases are all $200. Why did plus. I want to call that out? I don't Battlesport know. Battlesport sucks. You you wrote the note, so you wanted to call it out. What? It's the fifth one in our list of five rare games to talk about. Tyler's, this is the only thing Tyler wanted to talk about. <sighs> he said, make sure we talk about why Battlesport is $300. How are you backpedaling on something you wrote? <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say, I wrote like all the notes for this episode with no help from Johnny and Stefan, who like also have huge Saturn sets. So. I was texting you notes. That's I was not, texting you true. stuff too. Right, we were discussing about? it on Facebook, but I had to write the outline. You did. He did the physical typing that is correct thank you tyler so tyler um this is the area i know you love to talk about so please tell people what the actual rare games are 
Okay, this is this is my. We're not looking opinion. at the prices. Yeah, this is a Tyler tirade. Go ahead. I do love actual rarity because ninety nine point nine percent of the time people only care about value, and it's hard to tell with Saturn because it's one of those systems where there's a few games that just never appear on eBay, and it's really hard to tell if you're just in like you know a six month drought of some game. You might think like, oh my god, that's the rarest game I've ever seen, and then you know some other time there might be three copies on eBay. So I don't know if that happened to me, but. Uh, I think two that are like rock solid Daytona Netlink edition. It's like the only mail order game. It's impossible to find. That's the rare Saturn game and uh, battle sport. People really slept on battle sport for a long time. It was like a $20 game forever. And now it's like $300. Uh, I think battle sport is definitely among the rarest, uh, if not like right below Daytona Uh, Olympic soccer 96. I think people still maybe kind of sleeping on that. That game is really hard to find. There's one buy it now on eBay for a hundred dollars. I'm going to sound like a jackass for saying it. I think that is fair. If not even like underpriced for how hard it is to find this game in relation to how everything else on Saturn is priced. If we were just looking at rarity, Uh, winning post is a a horse racing game. You know, Americans don't like that. So no one bought that virtual fighter remix. So hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, That's tough. They gave that away for free. Does anyone know the circumstances around that? There's a yeah, uh, a jewel case copy that they gave away for free. And then apparently some copies made it to retail in a long box, uh, which probably no one bought because one, they got a free copy from like the magazine giveaway. And two, I saw like something online. Someone was like, oh, this might have been Canada only or something. Regardless, like some people like didn't know it existed for a while. Uh, super hard to find Virtual Fighter Remix. Uh, that might even be in like even a topper top tier that I'm talking about now. And then All-Star Baseball 97 is probably the game I think most collectors are sleeping on more than anything. Every single copy of this game that sells ever is an underpriced buy it now. This game never shows up on eBay. And whenever it does, it's like 30 bucks and it sells immediately. So, Stefan, I hope you have that because I'm calling that out. Thank uh, you, everyone remember All-Star Baseball 1997 with Frank Thomas. Pretty sure I do. Okay. I think you do, and I think I, I think I provided it to you. You may have. Oh, hot deals. And then 3D baseball. That is, I don't think 3D baseball is kind of on the level yeah, of all the others, I, but 3D yeah. baseball is really hard to find. And and I'll I'll also defend Panzer Dragon Saga in a in a good in good condition. Like I think it's the I see that game a lot, but it's generally always ratty or missing the missing the um the sleeves or like finding a nice Panzer Dragon Saga. I find to be relatively difficult uh, yeah it's a rare game i don't want to be like oh panzer dragoon saga is not rare it's just you know everyone kind of knows the value and it's perpetually available i'll say yeah, yeah. um stefan why don't you take us through the in-demand stuff sure uh panzer dragoon saga well really the whole the whole series of panzer dragoon um not necessarily you know one and two aren't uh necessarily expensive although two i think is heating up right um but those are just really solid shooters and uh well Panzer dragon saga is an rpg but the first two are, are really solid shooters how, very well known Stephen, how much do you think a copy of panzer dragoon costs right now on game value now i have you're asking me without looking uh yes without looking i know the answer and i don't believe it the first I'm one i'm guessing $12. Sorry, one, or, one or two one one <laughs> well two is we so we would say is we yeah, um, I'm gonna say thirty dollars, sixty-eight dollars. What? What? It's, no, it was a launch game, right? Okay, That's now, crazy. Now I'm going to look. 
<laughs> Everyone gets to stop while I yeah. look. Anyways, <laughs> but I'll continue with that while he goes down the... There are also some key <laughs> franchises um, and big demand Holy stuff. Shit. We, we talked about working design being uh, you know, very popular on this. Is, so Saturn has some working design games. It also has a couple of Mega Man games, which I, I feel like slide through the cracks a lot on people. There's Mega Man 8 Anniversary Edition, and then, what is it, Mega Man X4 and X5? Or just X4? Not in America. Uh, not in America. Just uh, So, yeah. And also, there's like a really interesting... There's a couple of Rockman games that didn't make it to any other system but Saturn in Japan. I forget what the one's called, and I'm going to kick myself, but it's like a really weird... You need to be able to speak Japanese um, to play it, though. So it's not like another the other Mega Man games. So there's like a Resident Evil on here. The Shining Force series is on here, but it's not just Shining Force 3. There's Shining Wisdom, Shining Holy Ark. So we do have some big franchises on this system that are drawing people's attention, plus all the, like all of your major import franchises. Also, like Vampire Hunter or Vampire Saviors on here, which is Darkstalkers and uh, Radiant Silver Gun. So there's a lot of big names that kind of keep this system in, in line. So I would say that the the Sega AM2 games that I always shit on, those are like a huge part of the Saturn library. Like everyone bought them because those were the big arcade games at the time. Virtual Cop, Daytona, Sega Rally oh, yeah. Championship, Virtual Fighter. Virtual uh, Fighter. But they just all kind of suck it. in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're still a big part of the library. True. And I put uh, Radiant Silver Gun here because for the longest time, I feel like Radiant Silver Gun was like my dream game. The most collectible game I could possibly think of. This was like 2006. It was $150 before video games costed $150. It's the first game I spent over $100 on when I was like working at Burger King. That was like the biggest purchase of my freaking life. <laughs> um, and uh, over the year, like for a really long time, it did not increase in value. Like 2012 came and people were like, Radiant Silver Gun, whatever. They're, they're, those are out there. And uh, only recently has that started to go up. I just, I know it's an import, but I put it here because I think it's such a, a big game for collectors. Also, well, like the best shooter ever made. It took a hit, too, because it came out on Xbox Live on the 360, and then people could play it without having to shell out for it. The only reason why I bought that game is because Tyler told me to. I'm very subjective. If, 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 if listeners haven't figured it out yet, I'm very, very easily influenced by these two. And, uh, You're influenced I, by anyone. You I, just dangle but, something shiny but, in front of but you. But particularly the two of you. Like that stupid Jungle Book game that I should have never bought on the other podcast. And that was a good deal. <laughs> That's like, hey, a great man, buy. You should buy that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But to be fair, <laughs> at least we have good taste. That's that's fair. But yeah, going right. back to Panzer Dragon, holy crap. So this thing went from like 40 to $60 for no reason in May of 17 and then just stayed there. That's crazy because in my mind, that's always been like a 15 to 20 right? game. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of the most common Saturn games. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's a common that you just find everywhere. That's a Mario. Nope. Guess not. We we covered the um super cheap games. There aren't any. Don't buy don't do <laughs> don't cheap out. Tyler, do you want to tell us about or maybe Stefan, you didn't get much time. You want to tell us about Tyler's recommended games, or shall we let Tyler say them? Well, <laughs> well, that Radiant Silver Gun, I did just want to point out that that is an import only. I know we've been talking uh, a lot about the U.S. set. so Every single game in this recommendation list is an import stuff. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Tyler why recommends it, why imports. Why does it say... It should, yeah, I'm changing it right here. Recommended well, okay, so imports. Radiant Silver Gun... <laughs> 
I think it's the best shooter ever made. It's a masterpiece. It's like a it's freaking funny. hour long, which is crazy for a shooter if you don't play them. It's just boss fight after boss fight. You've got a billion different weapons. It's uh, just play Radiant Silver Gun. It'll, it's like $200, give or take, which considering how much video games has increased over time, it's worth it. Battle Garega, uh, that's actually gone down a, a bit. That's another just arcade shoot em up. It's amazing. Konami Antiques import again. I really, I kind of don't want to talk about these because they're imports. Konami Antiques is a collection of MSX games, which is cool because yep. MSX games are kind of hard to play if you're a normal they person. Uh, I put a Don Patchy on here, which is an arcade shooter that is better on the PlayStation and better in MAME, but it's still one of my favorite shooters. And then Layer Section released in America as Galactic Attack. Uh, fantastic 2D game. You see all this beautiful sprite scaling stuff going on. Every level just uh, seamlessly blends into the next with no load screen. Oh, it's just a wonderful shooter. I think uh, everything except for Konami Antiques there is a shooter. So I'll I'll give you a non-shooter. I told you I would talk about Shining Force a little bit. So Shining Force 3, if you didn't know, is actually three different parts. So America only got Shining Force 3 Part 1. So what happened is on your save card, you'd play Part 1, and then you'd go play Part 2 and Part 3, and all those save states would eventually combine to tell you the whole story because you're playing the game from three different vantage points, like three different armies, and then you would take that save data at the end of disc three and it would all come together and all that information all of your choices would come to a head at the end of disc three there was also a premium disc that allowed you to transfer your save file into it it was going to be really awesome but we didn't get it here in america only in japan so kind of sucks but you can you can play it you can there's ways to get there's a website i used to go to because nerd uh, called Shining Force Central that was out there that did a patch project for this thing a long time ago. So shout out to everyone who knows about Shining Force Central. Uh, but yeah, that was like a big project they did. Patch the game. So there is English available of those games. So you can finish the actual story of Shining Force. And uh, Tyler wants us to know that RPGs are boring, but Tyler's whoa, a dummy. So whoa. you can't give my secret internal notes here to the viewers. Yeah, just, just did that. I will know. call you out. Um, yeah, they know how you are. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I would love, I would also love to recommend uh, Norse by Norse by Norse West. That's difficult to say. It's Lost Vikings two uh, on most other consoles, but for some reason on Saturn, I think PS one they call it Norse by Norse West, uh, and uh, it's it, it's pretty much identical to the Lost Vikings two on Super, but with a orchestral soundtrack. There's also um, What's the game called? I'm trying to think. It's a Makiyamura game, which is Ghosts and Goblins. It's like a, it's almost like a Lemming style game with within the property of Ghosts and Goblins, which is neat that you can get for that. There's also, uh, I think it's Willy the Wombat, which is a fun game you can play. There's a lot of, if you go deep into the import stuff, there's a lot of stuff we could recommend. I'll give another American one. Uh, Rayman, I realize it's probably like a $10 game on PlayStation. Rayman, one of the best games ever made. If you like platformers and you've been ignoring Rayman because you're stupid, you should play Rayman. Okay. There you go. All right, so those are um, some recommendations that we have. Let's talk about collector stuff. One thing out of the bu- uh, right out of the gate that I'd talk about is that Knights came with a, a 3D controller and a big box um, that is big, being... Becoming more and more difficult to find. 
Um, let me see. Eric has one, and I want it. Eric, hit me up. Sell me that night's. Give me a really good price on it, though. Thanks. So, again, some of this we've already talked about. The working designs, variant discs, um, the Panzer Dragoon Saga black and white disc holder variants. Uh, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of Japanese demos. But the U.S. has some special demos. Ooh, do you know that? Do you know the special demo? Do you know because Saturn isn't a thing that people have to go very deep on, they collect the U.S. demos? There's like 13 of them, but there's one that's really hard to find. Do you know it? Nope, sounds dumb. Sega Screams Volume <laughs> 2. There it is. That's that's your hot tip. If you have a Sega Screams Volume 2, you win because that thing is impossible to find. Screams, like S-C-E-A-M-S? Screams? Yes. Not streams. And the, the, I wrote, there's an endless cavalcade of Japanese demos. Like, there's multiple different series. There's, like, Flash Saturn. There's 32 volumes of that. Super Saturn, 12 volumes of that. Tech Saturn, there's 12 volumes of that. On top of all the other demos. It's, it's crazy how many demo discs there are in Japan. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, do we want to talk about special editions? Anyone? Uh, Anyone there's some big box things I think we've covered to death. Yep. Is there anything that, else that we can't think They're of? not really special editions as they're much as they're pack-ins. Yeah, it's like, yep. okay, it's like the same game, but it comes with a gun, or here's Knights, but it comes with a controller. Like, it's, it's, there's, there's not special editions in the way that there's, no. you know, differences to the game or extra content like, like that. Daytona, Netleak Edition is like the special edition of the system. Anyways, yeah, no, nothing like that. You won't, you're not going to get a cool collector's coin with any Saturn game. Sorry. No statues either. Woo, poor you. All right. Nobody wants statues. Nobody wants you that. Know, no. Someone tell me about aftermarket or homebrews and what's going on with it. Is that a thing for Saturn? I didn't I Google it. I'm, I'm just assuming there's zero Sega Saturn homebrew. No, there, it's, there's not. So there's not really Saturn homebrew. And if you want imports that are translated into English, you can kind of get those. If you go to Etsy, there's a lot of sellers that kind of make some fancy cases that look nice where you can get like police knots and stuff and you can get the other parts of shining force. Like you can get the trilogy there. You can pick that kind of stuff, but there's not really, that's not really a thing. Yeah. It's just mostly fan translations, right? There's not any bespoke software that I'm aware of. I'm no, looking but, at something uh, called Z Treem, Sonic Z Treem. I don't uh, know what that is. I don't. I think maybe there was like so there was a 3D Saturn game, a 3D Sonic game they were making on the Saturn, but it was like in development hell and got canceled or something. And I, I can't tell became, if this is a hack of that or if this is a brand new game. I thought that actually became the Sonic uh, Adventures on Dreamcast. No, this was like a totally different weird thing that I'm oh. thinking of. Okay. So if you're out there and you're part of some vibrant Saturn homebrew community, yeah, there's some guy who's going to get mad at me for saying there's no yeah. Saturn homebrew. Finish, it looks like there's finish, something, but finish no pushing care. up your glasses and then add us because yeah. <laughs> I want to know. Tyler, tell me what is the the Re and Phoebe SD card reader? Re and Phoebe, I think they're the same thing for two different uh, different models of Saturn uh, motherboards, but it's just a thing. It replaces your CD drive entirely. And then you can play games off an SD card, which I guess is great if you don't like load times, which is something I've used a PS2 hard drive for. But if you're a collector and you want to use all these expensive games you bought, uh, probably not the thing for you. Right. And this is also the solution that I was referring to much earlier in the podcast where I said it's it's in very limited run uh, where the, you know, the 
stock will come in waves of just a handful. So if you want one of these things, oftentimes it's uh, ex you know relatively expensive in order to to get one. You know, in the you know th three, four, five hundred dollars. What? <laughs> That's crazy. I did not know they were that expensive. That's like yeah. the Neo Geo flash cart. All right. But if you don't want to spend a lot of money and you want to pirate your Saturn games, you can get a pseudo Saturn, which What's is that? Uh, you can on certain models of action replay, you can flash the uh, firmware on it and then it will just let you boot up CDRs if you want or import games, which is even better. Yep. I have one of those. That's how I play my imports. And you used to have to do something weird. You used to have to do a swap trick to install the firmware onto your action replay. If I'm no longer correctly. But now you just go on eBay and some guy in Hong Kong just makes them for 30 bucks, which is yep. wonderful. Plug and play mod chip. Yep. The best. There are not many accessories out there. There's like, if you go in, there's like an RF switch and stuff you can buy. There's some weird accessories <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, there is uh, oh. that you can buy. I had an RF. I'm sorry. It's the are RF they, like, unit. Packaged? Yeah, they're packaged. So you can get stuff like that. There's uh, magazines. There's the last two issues of Sega Visions. Hooray. Um, not a big deal. Uncommon games that aren't expensive. I think we kind of already covered that. Uh, games on this system are expensive. They're, you know, expect, your, expect to be spending between $50 and $100 on anything uh, worth playing, at least. So quickly, quickly going back to the RIA, I just looked at their, their page. And so the kit is 130 euro. But again, uh, it says like pre-orders are currently closed and they don't give a date for the next wave. So, uh, so yeah, if you could, if you could do the install yourself, which it is an internal mod, it would probably be not trivial to install yourself. Uh, then it would be 130 euros plus shipping. Uh, and then, uh, you just have to wait for an opportunity for when you could order one and they would likely go very quickly. Okay. So let's, let's kind of kill this episode and no. get to the end. We're, we're killing it. We're, we're doing Why? the end stuff, Tyler. Johnny, I can get Not a Saturn RF thing. Brand new OEM, 10 bucks shipped on eBay. He's already sold 40 of them. This is wonderful. Yeah, I have one. It's <laughs> it's a thing I bought just because there isn't like when you want your Saturn fix, what do you do? You're like, okay, I'll buy this thing. Let's talk about things to watch out for. Tyler, tell me about this first one that you have listed. Repro back inserts. I don't know if these are a big deal on eBay. I've seen people do them on like Reddit. Uh, but you can, it's so easy to tell if you have a legit Saturn insert because the quality is just terrible. It's like thinner than a regular piece of paper. It's semi-glossy and almost always they, they have a slight ripple to them just because of how they were stored or something like that. So those are pretty easy. I think, uh, yeah. I think honestly, the bigger and more common problem is mismatched backs, right? Uh, that that you have to watch out for a lot because a lot of times on a listing they won't bother to take a picture of the back, and then you you know if you don't specifically ask to see it, then you may open your game and turn it around and it's got a completely incorrect back, and that that has happened to me at, mostly at conventions more than more often than not, but um, but they're easier to avoid there too. Yep. So there are repro cases. Limited run, I guess, had some. I don't did Tower, did you confirm whether they were on sale? Is making them in progress, but they did release uh Night Trap on Switch. Oh, One of their yeah. Night Trap releases came with a Sega C D case. So you can What about Double Switch? Did that come out? Yeah, so I don't think Double Switch has one of those cases with it. 
Okay. I don't, Anyways, I, I, I don't think that's delivered yet either because I, I I ordered it and I don't have it. Oh, I what's have, up, Stefan? I, I got my double switch. Really? Oh, I got so my double mad. switch today. Oh, we'll talk okay. about it later. All right. Um, anyways, there's also the guy on Amazon who makes repro cases, and I know someone who was talking to him for a little while. The repro case looks good. It's almost right. You can kind of make it work, except for the hinges on it are super flimsy. So if you turn it upside down, the it'll just open up and shit will fall out. So that's kind of terrible. Also, the, the black plastic insert that the disc actually sits in, he missed some of the holes there so it doesn't clip in. Yeah, or you missed so the clip or something. So it doesn't clip in. But if you, and that's on the case, that's a problem with the case itself. So if you take your black insert and put it in there, then it does clip in. So oh, like right. if you were, but, but the, still the door silly. still opens and falls out. So I don't recommend any of the repros that are out there right now to make your stuff look better or anything. Just try to, I mean, I hate cannibalizing games too, but that's a, a thing. So the Amazon ones, they fall apart, and the LRG ones, you can tell every material feels different. The clear plastic feels different, uh, the black plastic feels different, and the black insert doesn't have... There's a a CD-ROM logo on official Saturn cases that's not on the limited run one, so that's how you can tell them apart. Okay, good notes. Stefan, why don't you take us through this next point? Uh, Actually, I have another one that I wanted to mention. and that's speaking of logos, uh, a, lo- a number of sports games have the, the holographic stickers on their boxes, correct? Someone stop me if I'm incorrect. Uh, that's so oh, when you're thing. replacing the front case, yeah. Yeah, so like a lot of like they'll have like the official NBA or official NHL. The some some of them like I just pulled out Live '97 and it has it on the manual. But I know a lot of the cases have the holographic sticker on the actual case so uh, you know i can't remember which ones do for that i know it's nothing like crazy though like with sega cd there's radical rex has the sticker on the case yeah, i was and gonna like say radical rex game. that makes a big difference yeah so and there's you can have missing red cards and manuals and that's important it's hard to tell especially because the red card is like folded inside part of the manual and suddenly you'll buy expensive game and that'll be missing and that's annoying so be sure to look out for that. Yeah. Um, uh, one in particular. About- sorry. One in particular that I wanted to call out is that uh, Mega Man. Is it seven? There's an which which non X one is on there? Is it Mega Man seven? Eight. 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 Uh, so in yeah, in the back of that manual, there's a the reg card is actually part of the back of the manual. So you'll you'll find that torn out a, a lot because it's just perforated into the back of the of the manual. So that's something to look out for when you're buying that game. And it's particular pr- particularly prudent to watch out for that because that game is expensive. And so if you're going to pay more than $200 for a game, make sure that it's complete. Yeah, and there's actually several games that have the reg cards like that. So be careful. We talked about the outlook uh, for this system. How do we play it? You're pretty much playing it on original hardware or nothing. You, eShops don't really have much in the way of Saturn games, really. ROMs aren't great. There's no classics or mini systems for it yet all that stuff that's supposed to come out who knows if it's ever coming out as far as i'm concerned it's vaporware till it's here so yeah outlook is the console and that's your basic primer for collecting sega saturn Wait, I know John, we you can about play panzer dragoon on the original xbox in panzer dragoon oh, or sure. you can unlock that somehow i don't know i didn't do it but uh okay so there's a way to do it but there's not a lot of roms out there thanks for your almost entirely useless point Tyler. Thank you. I was mad <laughs> yeah. at that earlier. played on too. PC. Let's talk about all the games <laughs> yeah. you can play in arcades. Nope. 
Well, it's not a useless point because Panzer Dragoon is like a $70 game, guys. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess you do have a point there. Orta's probably like $20 on Xbox. Anyways, um, that that's it. Do you have any other notes, Tyler or Stefan, about collecting for the Saturn that you want to throw out? It's expensive. Don't do it. Do it. It's a, it's a great <laughs> system to collect for. I have told Tyler I think it's like almost a perfect system to collect for for a lot of the reasons uh, we talked about. So, you know, embrace it. It it looks great on the shelf, too. I love the way the Saturn games look. They are torturous sometimes, but I do love the aesthetic appeal. And I do like some of the games on them. I love collecting for the Saturn. I love the aesthetic of the console, too, by the way. just yeah. It's a beautiful console. It's a nice-looking console. Yeah. If you want to enter so, the brave new world where people don't collect sets anymore and just collect the good games, then get the Sega Saturn. But if you're just going to buy twenty ten dollars games and waste your money, don't collect Sega Saturn. Don't do that. No, I'm not even recommending that. Because the sports games are all the bottom games. So all those games, those 30 games that I told you that are supposedly like under $10, they're all sports games. They're not worth playing. So just skip that. Don't, don't do a set. Like, this is definitely a system you can curate for. But here's the trap of the system. You're like, well, it's only like 250 games. So I guess I'm almost all the way there. And then you look up and you're like, that's still thousands of dollars away. So don't do it. So just uh, curate this one, guys. That's my recommendation as someone who has a set, but I did this a lot longer ago. So I didn't have to wade into these prices. Johnny, we forgot something. Did Uh, we? Legend of Oasis and Blazing Heroes are the same game? Is it oh, Blazing Heroes? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, they are, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, no, Legend of Mystarium or something, right? What? Oh, no, it's not Legend. Yeah, it's Mystaria, the Realms of Lore, and Blazing Heroes yeah. are the exact same game released under different names. Uh, we are counting them both for the set in our 248. Huh. Uh, they were sued by TSR because Mystaria sounded like the first campaign setting for the first D&D game, which was like Mistara or something, which it was totally trying to rip that off. They just thought they changed it enough to not get sued, and then they got sued anyway. Aha, take that. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important point. Yeah, I remember when I found that out, I was like, what? Huh, I was um, today old when I learned that. There you go. Yep. Same exact box huh. art. So let's uh, run through the second half of the show kind of kind of fast you because always i always do go that my us, johnny i'm sorry i gotta go help my wife with my baby i didn't expect that we'd be still be here oh no okay you didn't you didn't expect a so you collect so you want to collect four episodes to, to run long <laughs> guys you know my secret <laughs> hope is that every episode is going to be 55 minutes and be magical and it's always two hours and i'm i this is just a thing i'm going to get wrong every single time because i'm just so optimistic and hoping it's going to go my way one time tyler and i did our special episode and it was only 50 minutes. It was great. Yeah, but that was a very succinct topic. I don't even remember what we did. I can't remember that. The Mario. The Mario. The Mario episode. We you were Mario talking about Mario. one aspect of one game. Oh, that Mario. Oh, yeah. Great episode. Very specific. <laughs> okay. So, guys, please tell me, what have you bought and played, Stefan? Uh, I bought a dumb wrestling game nobody cares about. Yep. Uh, That was the big purchase uh you know you I've didn't been, buy a jacket are you kidding it's been like three uh, no, weeks have, since we actually got I to have, do this i've actually bought an okay so uh i have buckled down you know i think i've talked about it before i've been hunting the game counselor jackets for the nintendo game counselors and there are to my knowledge five different jackets and i have in my possession four of them and the last one is currently in the mail 
So I'm very excited. It's weird. You're you're like some weirdo collecting Nintendo pelts. I know. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's you know, I it's it's part of it. I think is to avoid burnout a little bit. Um, I got a little bit. I started to stagnate a little bit and just going really hard on the sets. And uh, you know, for I've I've only been doing you know I've been doing this a lot shorter time than than these two, and um, I think I've just been going real hard. And I just wanted something a little bit more interesting to collect. You think and I also, you've been going hard. I, I also like I really like collecting the sort of rare employee stuff and just sort of the off the beaten path stuff too, just because I find it to be generally difficult to collect, genuinely difficult to collect for. Um, because, you know, I'm not talking about something that had a print run of, you know, a thousand or 10,000. I'm talking like, Oh yeah, there's like 10 of these jackets or whatever, you know? Um, so that, that's the kind of stuff that's been really, you know, getting get, getting me going recently um and it's and it's paid off too because you know here i am holding on to a never released nes game so you know it's been a really interesting journey and i've been buying a lot of weird weird stuff but um you should yeah. definitely check out stefan's instagram for all of his his jackets are cool but i just think it's weird to buy used clothing so, <laughs> I, i'm just kidding I, you know i just tease you i actually think all the stuff you buy is pretty cool i just don't like to say it because your ego is out of control and i i, I can't be the guy who helps that along <laughs> you also got that's no fair. the weird thing you got was like a used 90s water bottle that's made of plastic <laughs> just like this gross water oh, yeah. bottle. no that that one <laughs> okay. i'm not on board but with. to to be fair most of the like really really tchotchke stuff i get thrown in with other deals i, I paid nothing for that water bottle oh, great so, pay to throw it out did you did you play anything um, Star Fox, I think. That's like my go-to. When I have like 10 minutes, I'll play Star Fox. Okay. I, I played some Star All Fox. All right. Tyler, what what have you been up to? Well, it's been like three weeks since... So remember how like the first month or two, I just bought like almost nothing this year except for Outback Joey? Uh, well, I decided I need to buy a lot more games. I bought like 75 cart-only Super Nintendo games. I just went Ooh. through... So I've been really focused on... Uh, the uncommon stuff in the high end for my Super Nintendo set. So I just kind of went on eBay and I'm like, I'm going to buy every sports game that seems even remotely reasonable. Um, so I got a lot of Super Nintendo stuff. Two big NES things. I got Racer Mate Challenge 2 with a bunch of the accessories and a sealed copy of Big Nose Freaks Out, which are uh, the last two unlicensed games I think I need before everything is like $2,000. <laughs> uh, I think I got the stuff Panesians and Myriad and what cheat them into if you count that yeah so gross stuff those tyler, are, tyler is your impending marriage influencing your spending habits at all uh like, no are you, are you are you feeling the pressure like to, no like, me holding up the money? The, uh no i'm definitely not because we're not having a kid so that that's still, what really is like, going to take all my money but no yeah, card, those, received... Nintendo card, those were like literally they're all five dollar games like hey stefan what did you receive a wedding invite no, they haven't gone out either. How, Save the date, guys. February 29th. Hey, 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 you know what we should do, Johnny? We should go out there and then like go drinking with some other friends. And, oh, then, yeah, like, and then just not even show up. <laughs> I got some friends in North Carolina. Let's Yo, no, keep joking, because I'll invite you. And then you guys are going to have to take time out of your life and fly across the country. Dude, what have we said? We said we will 100% go. All right, let's do it. I think Ada has more friends than me, so I need more friends on my side. All right. You can hang out with all the kids at my table. They'll all be, oh, oh, seven years younger than you. 
They're like, who are these weird adults you brought to your room? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Anyways, um, what have you played? I know you played something. No, I got two more cool things. I got a super nice, complete oh. Mega Man and a super nice, complete Final Fantasy three. And those were both uh, me panicking at the end of the world which, for boxed games. Which Mega Man? Mega Man. Mega Man. Mega All Man. right. Uh, which version of Mega Man? Did you get the sticker version? Hang tab version? I don't think there's actually a hang tab version for that one. Um, first print sticker or first print without the sticker? There's it's one got with a the circle sticker. sticker and a little plastic hang tab on the back. You tell me, Johnny. I don't nice. know. Okay. Well, I would have to look at it and go back and review my information on Mega Man's. I can't remember. I've got like a dirty copy of Mega Man. Um, okay, what'd you play though? Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, which I always, that's one of the games I always played in like sixth grade in the computer lab on emulators. And uh, it turns out you can't do shit in Mike Tyson's Punch Out in an emulator. I am one of the least sensitive. I always go for low input lag on everything, but I'm one of the least sensitive people to it. Like you can give me an NES classic on your HDTV and I'll blow through Ninja Gaiden. No problem. Tyson's punch out is the one game I'll give. I had to set up a CRT to play that. Uh, I've been trying to beat Mike Tyson for a while and I can't do it. Cause guess what? Mike Tyson is really freaking hard. There is. You suck at that game. There is a fascinating documentary on YouTube about the history of people speedrunning that game blindfolded. And uh, right after watching that, I started playing Mike Tyson like an hour after that documentary came out. Yeah, it is bonkers McCrazy Pants. Like, I was just absolutely captivated watching that. Uh, That is a weird thing to do. So, Stefan, have you ever tried to seriously beat Mike Tyson? No, I have never gotten to Mike Tyson. Let me tell you, uh, after watching a documentary about a guy who consistently beats Mike Tyson blindfolded, you will feel really bad playing Mike Tyson's Yeah, I have have beat Mike Tyson in the last five years, and I beat it as a kid. Oh, man. It's this whole it's this whole community like they thought like nobody could do it blindfolded and then one guy did and then they all just sort of like fell in line and now there's like this community of dudes that beat that game blindfolded. I don't <laughs> I'm not joining that community. Um, okay, guys, I'm going to tell you what I bought and what I played and then I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Cool. Okay. So, I have bought one game in this span. And it's a game I already own. I'm replacing a game. I bought Hogan's Alley with a hang tab and, you know, the correct seal to replace the one white sealed game I had in my collection, which was Hogan's Alley. Oh, that must feel so so good. Oh, it, you know, (laughs) when I did the count and it was only Hogan's Alley, do you know how many blessings I counted myself right there? I was like, there's only one that doesn't have the right seal and it's only Hogan's Alley. Oh, Dude, I just Ooh, bought a Hogan's Alley happen? too. I think I've got all the black box games I don't have on my save search, and it cost me like twenty bucks shipped. I was like, "Oh wow, black that box games are still twenty bucks shipped, huh?" Twenty bucks. That's what I paid for this Hogan's Alley. Nice. Yes, hang tab, beautifully intact. The manual was really shitty. Didn't matter to me. I can replace yeah. the manual. That's not a big deal. But yeah, the manual is all wavy, but the box is like clean, and the hang tab is perfectly intact. So, hooray! That's what I did. And what did I play? I just started playing Kingdom Hearts. Um, like just started, just downloaded, but that's all I've had time for because babies. The first one, so no, no, uh, the three. Oh, okay, three. Yeah, well, they they you say three, but it's really like seventeen, Kingdom Hearts 11. twelve or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, revision history. I, I had to, I had to watch like a YouTube primer on the storyline, and I still was like, I don't, I don't fucking know. What's going I on. did too, and I've played a bunch <laughs> of the Kingdom Hearts games, and I still had to watch them. It's so convoluted. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I bought a bunch of stuff for the nursery. You guys saw the baby nursery is done, um, like curtains and things like that, and. I'm buying, like, old Harry Potter board games for his shelf, so he has, like, <laughs> the good ones, just, like, to fill it out. Just, He's just going to you know. make sure that he hates Harry Potter growing up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's going to be so disappointed. So really, I'm way into just, Twilight. Yeah, get it in there. Yeah, if you haven't seen the nursery, it looks pretty good. You can see it on my wife's Instagram. She is the Potter mom on IG, so you can take a look if you want to see Harry Potter stuff. I let her do all that, and um, she showed off the nursery. Yeah, so we're both that. we're both terrified and convinced that Piper will hate Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's all we have time for today's guys. Any final notes before we go? No, this is good. Stefan, where can we find you? Uh, so I sort of been deprecating my presence on YouTube, but no longer. Um, so yeah, find, famous YouTubers. Yeah, exactly. Find, so find me on YouTube at Archon1981, but really find me on Instagram at Archon1981. That's where I like hang out and post and like, you can actually talk to me. All right. And Tyler. Game TZ, Nintendo Age and Instagram, default gen, default G-E-N. Uh, you can find me pretty much on Instagram, uh, Johnny underscore Iucci. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope the primer helps you out. Bye.